getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope you like you. Welcome to Getting to Know Woo. I'm Natasha Levenger, a professional intuitive reader, energy healer, and inner child healing expert. After being raised with extreme narcissism, I found talk therapy was helpful, but it wasn't until I found energy and inner child healing that I was able to break free of family patterns that cut me off from knowing and loving my true self. I'm passionate about dispelling the rhetoric that these kinds of tools are impractical and ineffective. And in this podcast, I will be sharing how actually beneficial and transformative they are. My husband and producer, Brett, will be joining me in conversation, and we will be welcoming experts along the way. I'm excited to have you here. Hello. <laughs> uh, well, I, now is, I think, as good a time as any to mention mm-hmm. that we got a correction last week, as well we should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Friend of the, sh- well, uh, not friend of the show, uh, fan of the show. Yeah. Friend of the show, and also friend. Ardent but- listener. What? Ardent listener. Sure. <laughs> what did she say? She corrected us because last week I said that um, fans of Doctor Who are called Hoolians, and therefore our, uh, she suggested our fans be called Woolians. In fact, our fans should be called Woovians mm-hmm. if we are following that model. Right. Um, and I should mention that she said that she amended her vote to cast it for uh, yeah, she did Wooligans. say that. I do feel maybe she's just, you know, being nice about it just because well, she's a nice person. She's a fellow cat rescuer. Right. Well, but if that's true, that's not my responsibility. No, and that's I'm, true. I'm going to take the vote oh, okay. uh, for okay. Wooligans. So, so far, uh, that's two votes. Yeah, that makes it uh, pretty clear that you are not voting for Wooligans. No, I like Wooligans. Hmm. I just, I got the sense when she said that, that maybe she was just like, I didn't want her, Emmy, I didn't want you to <laughs> abandon your own uh, <laughs> suggestion because I think it's a great one. I just never, I've never watched Doctor Who. Yeah, no, me neither. So. Well, I, that's not true. I will confess to having watched it and not particularly uh, enjoying Ooh, it. Ooh, wow, wow. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, shots fired. Is this fired, just a podcast to Emmy now? <laughs> Sorry, Emmy. at the moment, yes. <laughs> Listen, anyone else? Oh, and then Jen wrote in to say uh, whatever it was, which I also liked. Whatever her suggestion was, please don't let my short-term memory problem <laughs> nor mine take uh, you know be offensive. I just don't remember what it was. But if you would like to email in to getting to know at gmail we love suggestions, we love votes, we love questions, whatever love, you got. If yeah. you have a question for us, could be about relationships, um, could be about us. I don't know. Yeah. We'll take it. If you're yeah. sitting there you being like, it. hmm, I want to ask something, go ahead. Which it's, actually, yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's like we're doing a 24-7 AMA on Reddit, except that you have to go through mm. uh, getting to know woo at gmail.com. That's right, sure. <laughs> but otherwise, it's just like that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, that also just reminded me that I don't know if most people don't know this, but I have an Ask Natasha. Um, it is $25 because I leave you a detailed voice message. And, and it's private. And it's and private. And I send it to your email. And the people who have gotten it have really enjoyed it or appreciated it, liked it. So you can uh, go to highestslatehealing.com. Oh, well, if we are going to talk before I say that, well, I mean, I've already said it, but going, we're going to go right now into this is what I'm excited about. <laughs> I love the very subtle variations on this uh, segment title that we're coming up with each time. I thought that was the first time I sang it, though. So. It is also that, mm. but also we changed it to from what are you <laughs> oh, or what oh, am I excited oh. about or what are we excited mm. about to this is what I am yeah, excited right, about. Right. So. You know. <laughs> um, anyway, that just made me realize this isn't what I was going to say, actually, but oh. I changed my name. I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of High Slight Healing, although... If somebody went there, we redirect. They, we'll redirect they get redirected them, yeah. to my actual name, Natasha Levenger. Your actual name, NatashaLevenger.com. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I was. It's a family name. Uh, <laughs> it's just coincidence yeah. that that became what people. Your, your mother's maiden name was dot com. com yeah. Mm. So anyway, um, I talked about this on Instagram. I posted a picture of. Um, another thing I'm excited about, which is my new sweater that says Weirdo oh, on it. It's so great. It is. There is this new um, brand of clothes that, well, they may not be new, but they're new to me called Lala. And I think it's Lala. I think, is it Lala Land? Maybe. Lala Land. Uh, yeah. Um, they're ethically sourced. It's a good company. They are expensive, or let's just say more expensive than Target, which is the only <laughs> place that I have bought clothes. Well, not the only place, but where are we typically? Yeah, that's we'll the clothes. basic. Um, what do we say? Like uh, price point. Yeah, that I usually shop at. But it is more expensive, but it's ethical, and they're. I, they're very it's a particular style and yeah, definitely it. it's a distinct style but it is really great um anyway so i decided to change my name it just came over me and i really do think it's because i've been timeline jumping mm. and i've been so every morning and then throughout the day i do a little thing where i go to my land that I've talked about on here before. Right. I have an inner like alternate rea it's not yeah, I mean it's like in another time. That's why it's called timeline jumping. And I go through a door and then I meet the next version of myself. And I really think it's because I've been and then I, I meet with her and I connect with her and then I merge with her. And I think it's because of this that I changed, that it just was like, oh, I need to change my name on there to my name, like yeah. claim myself. I'm, And as soon as I did it, I just felt all this power come back to me that I didn't even know was not there. And yeah. I think it's because I was hiding behind highest light healing, even though it's true. I always use the highest light. I talk about the highest light, um, but... Yeah, I just think there's many reasons, which we talked about in the episode. I don't remember how much of that was in the actual 
interview, so maybe it didn't come through with episode about with the boundaries. Beth. No, with when we interviewed Beth, um, my former client and com- current comedy writer from a couple episodes ago. Anyway, I have talked about how um, where the improv place we used to go to. Oh, right. And like being around comedians, I felt like ashamed of my woo lifestyle mm-hmm. feelings etc yep and i didn't realize how much of it was still in there i've done work around it but when i claimed it with my name when i just like took my name back for my social media that it just felt like oh wow i've really been hiding because i was ready to claim it yeah i no. feel like i keep saying claim it but you got it well you're claiming it i yeah. no, i didn't ever think of i i mean for for me, it never came across as highest light healing as hiding, but yeah. it definitely feels good for you to be using your name. It feels a little bit like how female authors will feel the need to like hide behind initials so they seem like it's ambiguous. That's what Harper and, Lee did. Uh, oh, yeah. Not initials, R- right. but she, changed yeah, her, To Kill a Mockingbird author changed her name to Harper because yeah. it was masculine, which is... Our oldest child used to be called that, and my mom didn't want her to be called that for some unknown reason, because it was masculine. Right. And then right. she sent me an email one day and was like, did you know that Harper Lee changed <laughs> I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> Bye. Okay, thanks. I didn't engage with her at all, but yeah. that one I did respond to. Um, but anyway, it was, that is something I'm excited about, and... um. I also love friend of the show, friend of mine, Britton LaRue, because she noticed it. I posted this on Instagram already, but she noticed it and she was like, oh, my God, Natasha, how do you feel? And it just made me feel really good that she noticed it because it felt like, I mean, that she noticed it as being significant because I felt very seen by that. So that's nice. Yeah, Yeah. it was. Um, And so I'm also really excited about this timeline jumping there is a, an instagram account that specializes in this it's a woman called p p e a the fairy and i but i've been i listened to hers once um after i've already been doing in my inner world work her what her uh, meditation her meditations or? yeah and she has a membership that is her just doing the meditation once mm. a month um but and she also i think has the meditation for sale i i it was super helpful to listen to that but i was also already kind of doing it in my way yeah so she added some things to it that i really liked like notice what is the same about you and oh. your yeah yeah that you're, like how i was telling you oh yeah when i was telling the you in the podcast earlier about how I found I was there in that other world and I was wearing a white yes pantsuit. Yeah. Yes. That was before I listened to her. And so I liked that element of like, oh, there she is. What is similar about us? Because that really helps bring it into you energetically. Yeah. yeah, totally. And then one time she was like, what's different about you? And that also helps too because it helps like bring that oh what is different like you can feel into that and bring it into this reality right which is all like the main reason for doing it right connecting to how you've evolved in your future yes so that you can bring it in now and that version of me is like doesn't take any responsibility for anything that isn't hers 
So that's been good for me. It's really, I highly recommend all of this. I did like, um, for one of my awakening clients who was having a hard time, I quickly made a little timeline jump meditation on the fly, but I think I'm going to do another one. Um, like this woman, again, I highly recommend her, but she does this thing where she goes into darkness and Mm. there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, of course she calls it the void and I always prefer light. I mean, there's nothing wrong with darkness. It is neutral, but my body just kind of, I can feel it resonating more with light. Yeah. And I do feel like there's something about that energetically where it releases the past a little bit easier to be amplified in light. Anywho, I can see that. That's what I wanted to say. And um, I was also just going to recommend Washington Post's dinner recipes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Date night pasta. Oh, my God. I so made good. that. It was so good. And then you made the, I thought the shrimp recipe was really good. Well, the shrimp recipe was not quite how they did it because we didn't have plain jasmine rice, so oh, I used I a flavored lime cilantro it was, rice. Listen, it was delish. Oh, it was delish, but it may have been actually more delish than I the see. recipe would have ended up, actually. but mm-hmm. Well, you can subscribe for free. You go to Washington, just Google, or maybe you'll put in the notes. I don't know. But sure. if it's not in there, Washington Post, I believe it's like a daily recipe. It's so good. There's also this other woman, Lindsay, at Pinch of Yum. Oh, yeah. Those Wait. are really good, too. Isn't that, I think that might be where the uh, oh the, the shrimp, shrimp came recipe from. came yeah. from. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. So those are. This is what I'm excited about. A lot of about. exciting things. Do you want to talk about your excitement? I do. Well, I was really excited this week because I, um, I as listeners may recall, I started uh, taekwondo practice recently with the kids, and it's been really great. But I jumped into it myself without really knowing fully why I was being drawn to it. And I feel like I may have figured some of that out this week. I was talking to you about about some uh, reservations I had about the difference between my having started a Taekwondo practice partly for wanting to learn self-defense and the discrepancy between that and what I was seeing from some of the higher level practitioners there. And yeah, you were talking to me about it and I was kind of feeling like, oh, that feels like a part yeah. talking, like a inner critic part or a part that's trying to protect you. Yeah. And then you were, as I was thinking that you said it too, I think yeah. at the same yeah. time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's part of what was exciting about it because I love the way, like these just felt like things I was noticing and like, it just felt like observations and things I'm Mm -hmm. thinking about and then talking about it out loud, having to describe it to you. It's like, oh, right. That's that part. I know that part. You know what? It is. I'm glad you brought that up because there is some, this is part of why I have Voxer as part, which is a voice app on as part of my awakening thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) my awakening thing um because there is something so powerful about speaking out loud and saying things like and right now i'm in this little group voxer chat with Britton and jonathan and both of them have been saying like oh i'm really glad i'm saying this out loud it's really wild i mean you can also just do it to yourself yes like you can just have a voice app and but oftentimes we won't 
do that or we'll, we won't talk right. as long or something if we're not aware of somebody else listening. Right. Well, and you can take shortcuts because you already understand it right. in your head. You're not having to make sure someone else understands it. Yeah. So it's, it is really, really helpful. So anyway. Well, I just on that, I mean, that there's a biological reason for that mm. that I remember reading. I'm probably not going to get all the details right. But the pathways from your brain to your mouth to produce speech evolved separately from the pathways from your ear to your brain to process speech. Mm. And so when you speak something out loud, you are processing it the same way you would if someone was saying it to you. Like it's separate, mm. the, the production and the hearing. And that's yeah, part of that's why you can realize things when you're saying them wow. instead of just thinking them. Yeah, and I think also on an energetic level, there's something about expressing it, like yes. through the throat chakra, like allowing it to come out. Yeah, there's so much power in that. Yeah, well, I one of the uh, I read Atomic Habits recently, and I've been trying to apply some of those things, but one of the things that has been helpful is uh, he suggests saying out loud what you are doing as you are doing it, mm. um, especially as you're trying to break habits you don't want to continue because forcing yourself to say it out loud and then also to hear it gives you a resolve to stop it mm. that that just thinking, oh, I should really not do this, Oh, right, doesn't. totally. Yeah. That makes sense. So anyway, you what happened? Well, so I realized, uh, the short version is that I realized that I had a part that was coming up that was making, like, making me feel sort of like danger signs around this new community that I was mm. a part of because the only experience I have with community of this sort has been church. Uh, through church yeah. uh, when I was younger and that was you know damaging and scary for this part so mm -hmm. um, but once I was able to see that I was you know you're just able to make choices and you're able to help that part feel better so that yeah. you feel better and, and it sounds like a critic like that it is it's like oh my god those guys don't know what they're doing or they're well, doing this or they're doing that and yeah it's like yeah they are doing this and that so in particular it's this part that i discovered uh, named that i named ripsaw because when i first <laughs> met him he was he presented as like this total stereotypical like almost 50s punk kid with like slick back hair leather jacket oh just like god. whatever fuck you and <laughs> he was a part that developed as I was beginning to leave the church mm. uh, and who is, is on the lookout for being uh, suckered. Before you say that, it's not that you met, that you were aware of that part at that point, but you realized it late. You oh, yeah. When I, yes, I recently realized that that is when that part developed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, it, because he was so much older than the other parts that I typically encounter. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it dawned on me that that was why, but he is very, uh, concerned with keeping me from being duped, from being tricked and, you know, taken for a ride. And yeah, that's understandable. Yeah. yeah. And so I, he, when I recognize that like, oh, right. He's, you know, he feels like I'm not getting out of this, what I thought I would They're you know, they sold me a bill of goods when I signed up and, um, but he's, you know, he understands that he doesn't have to be in charge of that and that there's not, you know, and then you smaller notice, stakes. Well, I mean, it's just cool how this stuff happens because yes. once you realize that, then some of the concerns of that part became clear that it wasn't true in other ways, more obvious Oh, yeah. Well, the that. next class that I took, I didn't even realize it at the time, but like when I was, when I came home and I was talking to you about it, I realized that I got 
confirmation that what I was worried about was not happening. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just really. And I don't think yeah. I would have been open to seeing that if I hadn't helped him quiet down. It's just really wild because I've been noticing more and more. It's so much easier, obviously, to notice in other people, but yeah. like how when you are in crisis, when your nervous system is highly activated, or even when you're not in crisis, but your nervous system is still activated when you are in an inner critic part or any other inner child part. So that's a good thing to know, like take a breath, tune into your body, where are you feeling it? But how much it feels like the truth with a capital T and just taking a little bit of time, just like a minute, or even 30 seconds to like tune in your body, take a breath, slow down, and then ask like, does my higher self feel this way? Right. Or like, do am I really connected to my whole self? Is Does this really feel like the truth? Yeah. It's yeah. really helpful because, yeah. Okay, so we are about to interview Tanya Carol Richardson, who is a good friend of mine, wonderful human, and author of so many great books, including... The Empath Heart, Relationship Strategies for Sensitive People. But before we go into that, I just want to say, because I had started saying this before, that you can still go to highestlighthealing.com to find me, but hopefully by the time, well, no, well, you'll not by always the time be able years. to go there because we'll redirect to oh, NatashaLevender.com okay. when we've got that set up. Okay. But, but for at now, some it's highestlighthealing.com. Yeah, okay, so you can go there. Um, but what we would really love is if you would please review the show. Uh, if you like it, if this resonates with you, we would be super grateful for Rate that. Rate it, review it, love it, yeah. love it. That's right. Share it with a friend. Live, love, laugh, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, do you... Can you think of any good books that people might be able oh, to pre-order? Yeah. Actually, in addition to Tanya's book, well, at this time, you can pre-order my book mm-hmm. on Amazon. Oh. You don't have to go there. You can go to Barnes & Noble. Either way, wherever you go to pre-order, if you do so before April 18th, which is when it comes out, email me, um, DM me, whatever me, and <laughs> I will email you a class called the inner gaze on inner validation and it's also a meditation and a little lecture-ish situation and um yeah i've really enjoyed making it and would be so grateful for all the pre-orders well and i just like to point out that that free class that you're sending people is a 22 dollar value and if you don't pre-order the book you can (laughs) still get the class if it sounds like something you'd be interested in it's also available on uh, highestlighthealing.com that's right thank you brett thank you (laughs) was that all of the things i feel like there's maybe one more thing other than that, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. I I really, I don't know, this little app, tip, TikTok, I've been enjoying it. <laughs> um, okay, but now for this really wonderful interview with our friend who we love and the book. I mean, you'll hear Brett raving about it. It's yeah. so good. So good, y'all. And for some reason, I don't know if nobody can interview, it can review it, but I can't review it like they won't. 
it doesn't show up as being reviewable on Amazon. I really wish I could because I truly love this book. So if you get it, Empath Heart, see if you can review it because Hmm. that would be helpful um, to other people. And Tanya. Okay, so here we go. Tanya Carol Richardson is an author, a professional intuitive, and a regular contributor to Mind Body Green. Her nine nonfiction books include Love Notes to Myself, Self-Care for Empaths, Are You an Earth Angel, Angel Intuition, Forever in My Heart, A Grief Journal, and Zen Teen. Tanya is also the author of the best-selling Page a Day Calendar, A Year of Self-Love. Follow her on social media at facebook.com slash Tanya Richardson Blessings and Instagram at Tanya Carol Richardson, C-A-R-R-O-L-L. Or sign up for Tanya's free newsletter by visiting tanyarichardson.com. Here's our interview. so happy to have you here I said, I said that like a school teacher Tanya. <laughs> it, it almost sounded like a like a horror movie oh god like, Tanya. oh god like somebody well. <laughs> that's terrible that's the opposite of how i feel about having you here i'm very excited <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. I was listening to an earlier podcast where you were saying it's so important to allow yourself to get excited about things and even pinpoint or make a little mental list about. And all day I was like, I'm excited to talk to Natasha. This is what she was talking about. I love that. (laughs) And you were excited to, you mentioned to me, even though, um, Brett edited my our my last podcast, Magic Monday, which you've been on a few times, but you were excited to meet him. Yes, I'm so him. excited to meet him. And I'm excited to, that his energy is such a big part of this current podcast. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here as much as I would love to just talk to you um, just personally. We're here to talk about your latest book. How many books do you have, by the way? I've written nine books wow. and I also do a yearly self-love calendar called a year of self-love mm-hmm. page a day calendar has an action step and affirmation every day. You can still get a copy of that. And then later this year, I've got two Oracle decks coming out, which I'm oh, so excited days. about because I've never had one of those before. That is so exciting. Wait, I so you went wait. from zero to two. What? Yeah. Wow, why, <laughs> why two? Are they related to each other? Well, that's a great question, Brett. <laughs> um, and it's interesting. It's almost like I I equate it to having twins because they're coming out within a couple of months of each other. Oh, wow. But I had wanted, it's kind of a cool story for listeners. Yeah. You have those things in life that you've wanted for so long and you seem to be knocking on the door and nobody's answering. Oh. So I had sent proposals to publishers and asked so many people to do an Oracle deck with me. And it was just crickets. And I released it and I thought, you know, I really feel like I'm supposed to do this at some point. Maybe it's not now. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm not supposed to do it. Let me just let it go. And then in January of 2022, I got this email on January 1st from an editorial director at a Simon & Schuster imprint, you know, exactly who you dream of hearing from saying, I'm looking to do a couple of Oracle decks and I found you on the web. And I just thought, oh my goodness, this is, yes, I couldn't answer that email fast enough. Oh, that's so (laughs) exciting. And on January 1st, was what year was that for you numerically, numerology, numerologically? 
Sure. Yes. I love that. (laughs) I love that you asked that. So this year is a year of three for me, a personal year of three. Last year was a personal year of two. And as you know, the number two is a lot about relationships. And I did develop some new relationships with publishers last year. So sounds like it. Yeah, and that was the and two Oracle decks. Yeah. Thank you for picking up that thread, <laughs> Brett. Correct. <laughs> um okay, but that's uh, so that's exciting and hopefully you can come back to talk about those. I'm really excited for your decks. Do I you know to. do you know the artist or did they pick the artist that did the cards? Well, kind of interesting. I'm obviously a word person. My husband is an artist, but I I can't draw my way out of a paper bag. I say, you know, stick figures, maybe. <laughs> so um, and normally with Oracle decks, they will already have an artist or they'll want you to come with an artist. This they designed in house. It's really gorgeous. It doesn't have art necessarily, just a lot of gorgeous design elements. They're absolutely beautiful. Mm. But the emphasis is really on the words. So each card has, you know, 40 words on it. And then there's an expanded uh, meaning in the guidebook. But it, it's designed so well by the in-house designer. They're just, mm-hmm. I was really blown away when I saw them. But it doesn't have that traditional Oracle Tarot thing you have sometimes where you've got this gorgeous illustration mm-hmm. that right. also has layered meaning within it in combination of the words. I liked the way these came out better because I'm a word person. So I wish right. I want to have more words. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great, yeah. more room for more words. Fantastic. That's how I feel. I really resonate with words. Like when I do my vision board every year, it's like basically just words. And Mm. then even if there are other things that I like, like nice images or whatever, like it's usually like washi tape or whatever that I think is cute. But the words are always what pop out at me and inspire me and, you know, really get to the heart of it. So I'm even more excited now. Yeah, thank you. Um, so okay, so your book, Empath Heart Relationship Strategies for Sensitive People, um, is I was telling you before we were on, we were recording, which I probably should have saved for now, but I'm gonna say it again, which is this book is so great and so chock full. I mean, Brett was saying yeah. that he well what tell you say what you were gonna say. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's just very clear from, I mean, I will confess to having not been able to read all of it, but it's just so clear from the beginning that it is full of useful stuff. Like the first chapter on assertiveness is, uh, I have felt like that is, has been coming up for me as an empath and those, the exercises, the, I mean, I, I started crying, which is not really that impressive a feat for me uh, or with me, but I I mean, it it brought tears to my eye trying to read one of the mantras out loud to Natasha, just because it resonated so much with, you know, things that I struggle with. Oh, thank you so much, Rhett. That is so lovely. Thank you. That means so much to me. And what Natasha said, I really appreciate those compliments. And it's interesting what Brett shared. I think what it brings up for me is sometimes these books or following an empath person on Instagram or something, it's just knowing that we're not alone. 
These yeah. are things that empaths um, typically can struggle with. You're not the only one that this can sometimes be challenging for. And sometimes for me, those tears can come of just, oh, somebody sees <laughs> what is difficult for me. It's difficult for them. This It just makes you feel so good to know you're not alone in it. Yeah. But I think also that mantra was like about being, what was it? Do you remember which one it was? But it was, it was something about like standing up for yourself and like yeah well it was from the it was from the first chapter yeah. um I, and it, it was um I, i'll see if i can find it while we're talking but yeah it was I, I mean they're just they're really they're really great anyway my point was just like there is something about i just love that it starts with assertiveness because I don't think I've ever seen that in a book about empaths. And that is, I'm actually the last two weeks I have had to um, be assertive by not taking care of other people's feelings and which is like, is a different way for me to have to be assertive. <laughs> like, you know, usually it's like, okay, I got to stand up for myself, but this time it's more about, um, letting people down and, and knowing that's okay. I'm not responsible for that. You know, it's basically codependent stuff. Right. And asserting your own needs and wants in your own life, which can be so hard for impasse at times. And and if you're an empath and you like, Oh, it's assertiveness has never been a problem for me. Great. You know, that's I don't want to give you, any I don't know those people. Is that, I was going to say, is that yeah. a version of empath? That I don't think I've never <laughs> That's um, another well, actually, book. Yeah. Can, can we take a can we take a second just for those who may not know whether they are or are not and don't know what we're talking about? Can you define what you or how you 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 define empath? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you, Brett. Yeah, I meant to do that. So for me, how I define empaths are people who are hyperperceptive, meaning that their nervous system, their energy body simply picks up on more. It can pick up on the other people's energies and emotions, individuals. It can pick up on the energies and emotions of a room or collective, and even the energies of spaces. And mm -hmm. while Everybody might pick up on other people's energies and emotions like, oh, my child seems angry. My boss seems happy. The empath will feel it in their own system as if it's their energy and emotion. So that's how intimately they can feel it. And I did, I talk in this book and I talked in my first book, Self-Care for Empaths, how empaths can learn to manage that a little bit because in one way it's wonderful to feel so much with other people and pick up on everything it's it's very nourishing and it can be a very intimate experience with others in the world however it can sometimes just be overwhelming and overstimulating and not helpful so I always kind of preach to empaths you can learn how to how to more how to more manage and control whether you are feeling and absorbing or you're observing and witnessing which one do I want to be doing right now? Um, because I do have a choice. I don't always have to be feeling and absorbing if that's not appropriate or if I'm just drained. Well, that I mean, that that distinction alone is something that I that took me a very long time to arrive at or even just like knowing that that's what I had been doing when I like when I was younger is I, I mean, that knowledge, I feel like is very powerful for people when they when they first get it. 
Yeah, because what I say, Brett, to a lot of impasse and in my books and articles is that an impasse default mode can be to feel and absorb. So that is like, you know, different computers or stereos or whatever have a default setting that can just be your default setting. So Mm -hmm. you do often have to learn the hard way or have somebody, you know, tell you or maybe you go to a meditation class, you start learning mindfulness or however you kind of figure this out with a therapist or whatever that, oh, I, I do have a choice. I can learn and practice. It's not a perfect science, but kind of mindfully choosing, do I want to feel and absorb? Is this appropriate? Whether the person I'm with is feeling painful or, or happy, or is it better to pull back and witness and observe here? And the good news is empaths are very intuitive and you can get intuitive information either way. Yeah, you know, yeah. so you don't just have to be open and feeling and absorbing to get intuitive information. You can also get that when you're observing and witnessing. Yeah. I mean, like when I do, I don't know how, when you um, read people, how you do it, but I, the way I was taught was actually to be ne- neutral and not observe. I mean, sorry, not <laughs> the opposite of that, not feel and absorb. And I do still I'm able at this point to have my center and also feel into what's happening without absorbing it. Oh, right. Yeah, that's a nice distinction. I agree, Natasha. I always say that in a reading space, often I'm almost how uh, the the neutral energy you're talking about is how a doctor would be. Yeah, exactly. A doctor can't just be feeling (laughs) and absorbing with the patient who's going through all this stuff. It would be completely inappropriate and counterproductive for the whole process. So you have to get into this healthy, compassionate detachment so that you can really look at things uh, through that lens and you're not overwhelmed by the emotions of what someone is going through. Yeah, it reminds me actually, as you're talking of um, how what I'm referring to with inner child work, how you can show up for your inner child, what's most effective is to you're aware of your feelings, you know, they're there of that inner child, but you're showing up with compassion while you're feeling the feelings. Right, right, exactly. And sometimes that is the most, I always like to tell empaths, sometimes that's the most compassionate way to show up for someone because empaths, since they can feel other people's feelings, it can make some empaths very compassionate. So they, they can be the type of people that want to support that, that want to be of service. And sometimes when someone's going through something very intense, whether it's intensely good or intensely bad, the best way to support them is to be neutral and observing. Yeah. To, to jump in it with them is not all, you know, sometimes people really just need a calm, grounded person to yeah. support them while they're feeling intense things, which is, yeah. you know, what a therapist and that kind of stuff will do. But I would say um, never say never, but almost never is it best to be absorbed, uh, to be like jumping and like, oh my God, this is, and then you're like, ah, both of us are in this situation. <laughs> Well, you know, it's so interesting. I agree with you, Natasha. And I, I'm thinking of a time when my, you know, I I do think there are some times when it is, it's very healing and nourishing for you and the other person to feel with them when they're feeling something challenging. Um, And I know, you know that, but I had a friend once when I was working at a magazine and I was there when she got a call that her sister had been in a really bad accident with a life-changing injury. 
And we went into a breakout room and she was a very close friend of mine. And she was, of course, devastated. And it was raw. It had just happened. And I just held her and I cried too. And I just wanted her to know that she wasn't alone in the feeling. And my system just immediately opened up to it. And I went with it. And it was challenging, but it was really, it felt good to me. And I think to her for us to do that, or sometimes, you know, like with the earthquake in Turkey, it can feel good, you know, in a balanced way to say, let me open up and maybe I feel like I want to cry for a few minutes here. Or maybe, oh, yeah. you know, maybe I want to read this story and really feel into this. Mm. Um, so these people aren't alone in it for a hot second, mm. you know, mm. um, or maybe it will, it will inspire me to donate or it will inspire me to do something that's helpful. So always the golden rule with impasse is if you are overwhelmed, if you are overstimulated, if you just don't have the emotional space or the mental health capacity in that moment, don't open up to absorb. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. That's yeah. the golden rule is always what what's going to be okay for me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, what you're saying is maybe different than what I was talking about, because I'm thinking about like people who um, sometimes have parents who go into it's as if it's their own experience and it's like almost taking over but what you're Mm -hmm. describing is just actually being an empath like being very empathic towards the person and yeah feeling it with them and it's also nice like if someone treats you poorly or something to have that friend who's like they're they're terrible (laughs) you know like like, 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 thank you (laughs) you know i hate that person yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's that's a good friend to have Well, and I like to remind, you know, there's so much information in the empath community. And I think it's absolutely appropriate about protecting yourself. Yes. You know, very obvious why that's there. And it's, as Brett said, it's tools you're not taught when you're younger. So they're so precious when you come across these tools when you're older. At the same time, I always like to introduce, and in the book I do, the idea that you were wired this way for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, it is to feel with others and with the collective. Mm-hmm. So find ways that you can mindfully let yourself do that in a nourishing way, because for some reason you're wired that way for a reason. It's, it's part of who you are. Yeah. I'm really glad you're saying that because, well, I'll just say that I was just writing something about this, about being how, like being told, oh, you're oversensitive. And that whole thing about being sensitive is really looked down on as being weak or not helpful or just like, you know, it's very misogynistic. Um, But there is so much value in it. It's just about learning the tools so that you are so that you can empower yourself with it versus um, feeling burdened by it. Um, right exactly and and that as i think brett was saying i don't know if we were recording yet or not that um you know you you we always have to go back to what is good for us um and especially for empaths you know and and not in a in a narcissistic way but in a healthy way you know mm-hmm. what i've i've got to stay here and and protect myself so that i can serve <laughs> you know yeah. if i can't if i can't be okay i'm not going to be able to serve um, also, I think impasse because you have so much coming in from the collective, from other people, you know, some sometimes it's good to just practice taking up more space in your life. 
mm-hmm. you know, because empaths can be the kind of people who are always concerned about other people. Mm-hmm. They're always concerned about what's going out in the world and they get squeezed out mm-hmm. and their wants and needs and desires just kind of get squeezed out. So just practicing kind of, it, you know, owning more space in your life and in your mind. Can you talk really- about that? Like some ideas for how can people do that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's just something to get clear on, even mentally, you know, so many times I think impasse will be the person who's in a, in an unhealthy way, as Natasha was talking about codependency, you can be emotionally tracking other people all day. You know, I wonder how they're doing or what can I do for them or whether it's people at work, coworkers or your family or friends. Or even so just, are they mad at me or did I upset somebody or there can be a lot of that, I think. Right. So and one thing Natasha always talks about that I love is just putting your hand over your heart, you know, to connect to yourself and saying, what's going on with me right now? Not how I relate to another person, Mm. not how I'm caring or showing up or what role I am to another person. What's going on with me? How am I feeling? Mm. What do I want? What do I need? Just that, just doing that a couple of times a day can be a really big deal for impasse. Well, I think you also have in here about um, writing down, you said you have here list your North Star priorities. And I think mm. that is also, I think it's so helpful. It sounds so simple, but I tell people this a lot about like writing something down, even if it's like writing down, like you say here, your priorities or what you value about yourself. It's really powerful. It's way, it seems so simple, but it's really powerful. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? The North Star priorities? Yeah, the the reason I was inspired to do that section of the book is because I think it's very common for empaths. They can very intimately feel what other people want and need. Mm-hmm. So say you're in a part a romantic partnership or a business partnership um, with someone, they empaths can kind of get carried along or swept along with another person's mm-hmm. agenda without really realizing it. Um, so it's really important for you to have some, you know, North Star priorities, you know, what's, you know, money, health, getting time alone, working Mm -hmm. on a creative project, what are the things that are most important to me right now, Mm -hmm. so that you can refer to that list, because that will just help anchor you in your energy. And again, what are your wants and needs? So that not that you can't go along with what other people want. And of course, you make compromises in relationships. But I think it just helps remind you, oh, right, I'm my own separate individual person. This is what's important to me. Let me consider that as I'm listening to and absorbing what's so important to my family or my coworkers, my boss, whatever. And also in the book is how to sit with uncomfortable energy, (laughs) which can be very difficult for empaths. So if you, you know, if you have a partner and they, they really want to buy a boat, you know, and, you know, you love them and they've worked very hard, you know, for many years and you want them to have this boat, but your North Star priority is that you want to buy an apartment that can be a rental property. And and that's, you know, something you're really excited about that could help you guys in retirement. Um, you know, you might have to be able to sit with uncomfortable energy if you feel like you have to put your foot, if you think about the boat and you research it and you put your foot down you know, and I've had to go through this with, with all kinds of people sitting with uncomfortable energy for impasse can be really uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> when yeah. you have to tell well, someone a hard no or a hard pass on something. 
And you can feel in your own system how much they want this or how upset this is making them to hear the no from you. Mm -hmm. So just practicing, once you've got your North Star priorities, the next section to go to is how to sit with uncomfortable energy because you really can expand your capacity to sit with uncomfortable energy. And once you practice that and you do, it's just life-changing. Yeah. Well, if I can just jump in that, that was literally one of the first lessons I learned in, in our relationship, in my relationship with Natasha was the idea. I'm very that, uncomfortable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I well that, but the idea that I can be like a witness and I can be uh, like a comfort to someone who is feeling uncomfortable feelings without having to take them on myself and be responsible for their resolution was was it was very much life-changing um but I mean, and he was a quick learner because i literally was just like you don't have to i can't remember what it was but i think do you remember i don't remember exactly how you put it but it really was like a light bulb like oh shit like what <laughs> wait what <laughs> i and i mean it was not it was not difficult for me to change in in our relationship probably because you you wanted that boundary you know a healthy yeah boundary. It did, and uh, sorry to interrupt but i think that's something good for empaths to know is like yeah other people don't it oftentimes if you are in a relationship with a healthy person, they don't want you to be taking on their stuff. Like yeah. it doesn't feel good when you are um, like, I, I think I was upset about something and, and Brett was like getting ups- not upset for me, but just like uh, uncomfortable. And I was like, this is my experience. You don't have to take on my experience. And that I felt better be that he was his own person and having his right. own, you know, of course I want him to feel empathy for me but anyway healthy people don't want you to like ruin your day have your day ruined just because you're feeling upset you know i I totally agree and it's interesting i i love where this conversation went and i think i was talking about something kind of slightly different Uh, which is when you really do have to with somebody who's healthy or somebody who you respect and there's you know you know boundaries are never perfect but there's pretty good boundaries and, and mutual respect in this relationship you have to tell them something they don't want to hear. They don't like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, and, and it could be as small as, you know, telling your nine-year-old child, they can't stay up late or they, you know, we can't go do that. You know, it, it can, for an empath, that uncomfortable energy of having to tell them something that, you know, they're not going to like yeah. and having to feel in your yeah. own system, that displeasure and, and you want to please them so much because empaths can be people pleasers. So, um, and as Natasha said, I think it's absolutely true that oftentimes um, it's way worse in the empath's mind than it is in reality. You know, the person gets over it or they respect your boundary or yeah, maybe they're pissy for a day, but they're Mm -hmm. fine afterwards. You know, it's just the empath having to face that fear of the of the temporary uncomfortable energy but remember there's so many tools like you know just witnessing and observing and tools in the book to help you manage those moments when it's like look i'm 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 only going along with this because i'm a people pleasing empath and i gotta i gotta cut that out yeah i think sometimes oh sorry brett no go go ahead let me just say this real quick is i think sometimes well a lot of times when we have an uncomfortable feeling our brain wants to do something with it. Like, oh, this must mean this, or this must mean that. 
And like, if somebody's upset, if we're feeling the upset, I think a lot of times as empaths, our next thing is like, oh, I have to take care of them. And that's my, I'm feeling what they're feeling. So I have to, I'm responsible for that feeling, but actually knowing like people are going to have whatever feeling they're going to have. And that's not my responsibility, I think can help with sitting with the discomfort and help it release what isn't yours. So you're just dealing Uh with your own discomfort over having disappointed them rather than having theirs too. And that's also, you know, you have to be able to tune out because remember, if you're just automatically feeling and absorbing, you're feeling all their discomfort in your own system as an empath. So, you know, that's another huge tool is like, look, I'm this, I'm going to have to have an uncomfortable conversation with this person. Let's go into observer witnessing mode, please first, (laughs) because I do not, because sometimes empaths can be people pleasers simply because I feel everything everyone else feels. So if I can just make everyone happy, I don't have to feel any of the bad vibes, right? Right. right. Which is take on their a recipe for a disaster. So, (laughs) I mean, it's how we all live to a certain degree until we figure out a different way. But, you know, that's, you know, sometimes empaths will be people pleasers, not just because they're compassionate people, because they simply don't want to have to feel negative emotions and energies from everybody around them. And then they can wake up one day and be like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize it. I'm kind of running around people pleasing everybody in my life to try and keep things calm so I don't have to absorb. But there are much healthier ways to not absorb. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if you, um, I was, I asked Natasha this actually before, before we were on the call, do you think there is a difference between someone who is sort of naturally an empath and someone who is not, but grows up needing to be sensitive to what is happening for other people? Or do you, or, or is that the same thing? Like, is it training an empath versus being born an empath? Yeah, that's a great question, Brett. And I really, I don't think I have the answer, but I agree that there lots of times in childhood, children can learn how to track the emotions of adults who aren't great caregivers. Mm -hmm. And it's a coping skill so that they can learn how to um, avoid or try and avoid and try, you know, the alcoholic parent or the abusive parent or um, in that kind of thing. So Often that can be a sensitive child that just already knows how to track. But as you said, it can be a child that learns how to do it because it's a it becomes a survival skill or at least an emotional survival skill. Also, I do think it opens up the great question of are people born impasse or can sensitivity blossom and can just being exposed to these ideas kind of open up your intuition and your energy body. And I think both people can be born incredibly sensitive and they can also come into sensitivity much later in life, either because it becomes awakened in them or because they had numbed it out. And then mm. at some point they, they are able to get into a situation that's healthier and it, it naturally opens up. And I mm. also think it's our, again, our society, our culture, most cultures, let's say, don't, they devalue it. They, it's looked at as being a negative thing. So why would someone want to be open to that? Yeah. But, you're so sensitive. Why right. are you like, you're no overreacting. One, you're right. Yeah. But I think anyone can learn it. It's just um, when you, if it's a value, going back to values, if you value it, you can 
definitely learn this. Um, yeah. Also- and I wonder, Natasha, I don't know how you and Brett feel about this, but when I wrote my book, Angel Intuition, um, which is all about intuition, mm. uh, I talked about what I felt was after doing so many readings on intuitive readings on people that there really is like an intuition spectrum, mm. you know? And so there can be people who are just naturally just off the charts yeah. intu- intuitive. And then people who are just, they have many other strengths. They're fabulous at other things. They're just really not great at intuition. Mm. And I said, you know, wherever you fall on that spectrum, naturally you can improve by leaps and bounds just through study and practice Mm. but it might be that you know michael jordan you know we can't all learn basketball and be michael (laughs) jordan you know it's just not going to happen so i think sensitivity and intuition can exist on a spectrum in the same Mm. way that athletic talent and prowess could perhaps i don't know yeah i don't know i think definitely there are people who are just whoa so tuned in and definitely have a highly natural a skill for it but I also think it's just part of our makeup it's different than basketball I think because I think it's ourselves like there like learning how to be more in touch with what's already there and exists it's different I mean you it it, it can be learned also through tool that like tuning into it can be learned but I think it's already there in some ways I don't know well I I think the I I think that until we live in a society that acknowledges and values things like intuition and empaths, we won't really be able to see what is the difference between Mm. someone who has more ability than someone who seems to have less, but may have just had it, you know, beaten out of them either literally or or figuratively uh, because, you know, it was taught to be pushed down. But there's definitely people who are like, you know, Oh yeah, like, yes. Yeah. Can... I mean, I I I tend to agree, uh, Tanya, with your with with that idea. Like it makes sense that this would follow other things, but I think like what you were saying, Natasha, that there that there is probably more innate ability to tap into intuition um in everybody than they under than most people understand. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. And as Brett said, you know, we, it's, it seems like we're getting more open in society to intuition, you know, not nearly where we would, Natasha and I would like it to be, but I think, you know, it's, it appears that this stuff is becoming, you know, Oprah talks about, you know, it's becoming more and more um, widely accepted, even though it's not widely accepted. So as Brett said, if that trend continues, you know, uh, decades from now, will we see children that are all naturally more intuitive simply because they've been in an environment where that's been nurtured? Yeah. We won't be alive to see it. But I'm just <laughs> There's the optimism I know. Well, oh, we yeah. might have a oh. next life, Natasha. Right. Yeah, that wasn't. And we're those children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're coming back. That's the twist. <laughs> um, I mean, we probably are, but who knows? Um. Anyway, okay, we do have to end, and I feel uh, like I hope we did justice to just how chock full this book is because we were just we were talking a lot about um 
I don't know all the intricacies of empathy, but I do just want to say there's so many exercises. This is what I was trying to allude to in the very beginning was when Brett was saying, oh, I really resonate with this mantra. I want to know more tools. And Tanya said, you could, you, then you'll be doing this for the next 30 years because there's so many tools in this book. <laughs> and there really are. I mean, just like crown your inner sovereign, like coming home to yourself after considering the perspectives of perspectives of others. I love that because it's yeah. so important. So there's an exercise about how to do that. I mean, there's quizzes. I love a quiz and there's three <laughs> quizzes in here. Like, I think there I, might be four. Or, oh, okay. Maybe there's, there's even more. I may have, yeah, there might, I think there's at least four that oh, okay. the book, or actually I think there's five because oh, there's okay. however many chapters there are, there is a quiz at the end of every chapter, Three, but four, five. Yeah, you're right. There's five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like, um, there's quizzes on how assertive are you sensitivity of an empath strength of a warrior? What's your relationship with your own intuition? There's just, there's a lot. Um, so yeah, just wanted to be clear. You should all get this book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I, was, I was looking at the exercises. I know, I think there were almost, I think there were like 70 exercises oh or something. That and then there's, right. yeah, there's, mon there's mantras, there's quizzes. And then outside of the exercises, each exercise is introduced by just me talking and riffing around about the concept so it's a great book if you want to take your time with it and say mm -hmm. I'm going to read a little bit every night or mm -hmm. um, I'll try a different exercise you know once a weekend but I really wanted I felt so passionate after writing self-care for impasse that I had so much more to say mm -hmm. and I thought oh why don't I concentrate on what this book is is relationship strategies strategies for sensitive people so because you can feel everything that the people you're in relationship with are feeling if you're an empath and absorbing you need specific tools as far as how to be in relationships with all kinds of people co-workers yeah. friends family children lovers neighbors etc yeah. so it's it's really there to help sensitive people better navigate their relationships because that's something that sensitive people usually need a bit of help with and also how to enjoy those relationships because sensitive people can sometimes fear intimacy a little bit at times mm -hmm. or sometimes pull back because they can feel so much so how you can really lean into those relationships in a nourishing way and enjoy them yeah yeah yes it's a very empowering book um and they can get it anywhere you can get your books Is that right tanya yeah you can get it on amazon or barnesandnoble.com bookshop.org and i was so excited it's in a lot of the barnes and noble stores nice. they're still wow. updating the systems um so check your store and if it doesn't look like it's there the system may not have updated you can just call the store but um, and then, of course, try your local booksellers. Yes, we want to support those people. And where can people find you otherwise? Yeah, I'm. my website is tanyablessings.com. And you can get links to my calendar, my or pre-order, my Oracle decks, or any of my other books. I have nine books, as we were saying. So you can find all that information there. I have a free newsletter you can subscribe to that I send out uh, usually once or twice a month. And you can follow me on social media by going to Tanya Blessings. Um, are you still doing readings, Tanya? 
I am doing readings, although I've been close to new clients for a couple of years just because I'm oh, booked okay. out too far. But yeah. if I ever am able to open to new clients, I will announce that on my website. So if you subscribe to my newsletter, I'll I'll announce it there too. Yeah. Well, thank you again. It's always yeah. so great to talk to you. You're it was best. so nice to talk to you and so nice to finally meet Brett. Yeah. I was, yeah. I hate, I didn't want to tell Natasha that, but she's been, I've been so lucky to have Natasha as a friend for so long. I was telling her a couple of weeks ago, I'm so excited to meet Brett. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. This is, I, it's great to finally have a direct connection. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Tanya. Thank you. Well, we hope you loved it. We did. I wonder if people are going to be hearing um, Sadie's not quite snores, but just deep breathing as she sleeps. I would be surprised, but it is quite adorable. It is really adorable. And our Chihuahua Rocco is just sitting there (laughs) right next to her like a little lump of bread. A little (laughs) loaf of it. (laughs) Bread lump. Hashtag Um, bread lump. Speaking of other things I'm excited about, I'm excited about actually maybe making challah bread again friday tomorrow night <laughs> just wanted to say that as i looked at this little loaf of bread that's our chihuahua wait are you just giving yourself leeway to not do it if you don't feel like it is that why well it's a maybe, i want or... to but it just ke- every time i realize it like too late because it, ha- right. it takes hours to sit yeah. and it, but i really love making it and celebrating shabbat or yep. honoring Shabbat, acknowledging Shabbat. Anyway, <laughs> now it's time for the energy report. <laughs> I had a real short lead and a real short mm-hmm. runway on that one. I may be really like, um, I was going to say shooting myself in the foot here, but have I mentioned how amazing <laughs> Jonathan Coe's podcast, Healing the Spirit, is? I mean, in general, it's great. They do interviews, um, but they do a weekly energy report, which includes the astrology for real, not just my little (laughs) slapdash astrology. Hashtag not an astrologer. And I also do, I mean, obviously I value my own energy report, but it's pretty short and compressed and it's like, okay, my hot take real quick. Um, They devote a whole like half hour to it at least and- I just love them so much. Yeah. Any opportunity I have to promote Jonathan, I will take. Not to take away from my energy report, no y'all. So here we go. So essentially, this is what I'm feeling into. It was interesting because when I tuned into the weekend, for instance, it, f- it continues to feel a little foggy, right? But mm. I was also feeling this feeling of bliss at the same time. Mm. So I was like, what the heck is this? And as I tuned into it, it does feel, we're in Pisces season now, it feels very Piscean. So like very like connected to spirit, connected to, you know, the other realm, sort of like a another way to look at this energy is like daydreamy kind of feeling, which mm. can also, if you give into it too much, you could go into a fog. Like if you aren't pretty boundaried what i mean by going to a fog it just like it could be more like what like feeling more spacey mm-hmm. but even still it i do feel like this feeling of joy and bliss happening at the same time but that's just the weekend but i would just recommend 
enjoying it, enjoying yourself, whatever it is that you want to do, like prioritize yourself. I'm also just got the real sensation of a bath. Like this feels like nice, soothing, nurturing stuff, Mm. but it also does have this ethereal, joyful element to it. Mm. But I would just say, just make sure you're grounded at the same time. Like there's um, nothing wrong with giving into the joy, but if you find yourself like, oh, I can't find my keys again, that kind of thing, just say hello to the earth. Say hello to your feet on the ground. Say hello to your body. Come back into yourself a little bit so that you can really like feel the joy at the same time. Hmm. Then moving into the week, I feel like Monday, Tuesday, I'm still sensing in some of that fogginess, but then it starts to lift. And I do feel like there's more clarity coming in about direction in general and connection to self. So I do feel like connecting to the joy over the weekend is connected to the week in terms of if you allow allow yourself to acknowledge and be into it then there's more you can allow yourself to breathe into more of who you are and have more clarity that i feel coming into the rest of the week does feel like maybe a little something kind of funky happens around thursday friday where it's like a little bit of a shake up but Hmm. just it felt like the energy like oh awaken like things are bright and open but it also feels like a bit of a bumpiness So I'm not sure what that is, but it just literally feels to me like when you're in a car and it bumps and you're like, ah, what was that? Right. And then you're continuing on. Yeah. And then you're continuing on and it's fine. Yeah. Well, if it's happening around Thursday or Friday, we'll probably have more insight for the next episode. Perhaps. Perhaps. Who knows? Mayhap. Um, all right. Thank you, everybody, so much again for listening. We appreciate yep. you. We love you. All of that stuff <laughs> is true. And have a great week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.